Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host, and joining me is Dr. Peter Bernstein. Today, uh, we'll have another episode in our series on how to survive through adversity. Dr. Bernstein, Peter, as he likes to be called, is a coach and mentor with 48 years of experience helping people survive and grow through trauma, struggles, and hard times, the stuff of real life. The goal of our series is to help you discover what we've experienced, that adversity is more than a trial to endure. It can be an exciting opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive. Welcome back, Peter. Thank you. Okay, I'm here. You're here. And we're supposed to do something today on radio that is opposite of what we do at our work. And that is, we were thinking about it last week. And in our work, people who come to us are recovering from the effects of trauma and crisis, whether it's early stuff or it's current. But our job really is to, we have to be the ones that mediate the intensity of what they're going through, allowing, allowing them the expression uh, and, and getting rid of the emotional intensity of it. And we have the skills to do that. But we also have to go very abnormally low-key to keep them diffused and and stabilized. We have to provide a grounding for them. A grounding. Very stable grounding. And security. Where they feel safe and uh, they can let go and uh, fall apart if they feel like it, knowing that we're there and they will be safe. That's right. And that's a completely different reality than going on a radio show or going on into media, which is we're supposed to be entertainers. We're taking heavy-duty subjects that are really meaningful to life and, and to so many who are in need, and we have to lift it up and make it something that uh, people are willing want to hear, and they uh, it lights their fire. And so this is a completely different way of uh, communicating on a very difficult subject, but instead of making the difficult subject feel really somber and over, overwhelming and impossible, our job is to lighten it up, not make it unimportant, but to make it something that's more human, digestible, acceptable, where people want to hear the whole story, where they don't tune out after a while and go, it's just too heavy, I can't handle it. I've been in that place many times with people uh, with very difficult subjects uh, that I've had to learn, that I've had to be educated about. And I was one of those people that really had to concentrate to find out what was the simple basics to what's being said so I could communicate it to other people that may have not been professionals, that didn't have all the educational background. Because to me, it wasn't just making other people think I was so smart. It was to help them and to give them what they need to move on and to let go of some difficulties. That took a lot more work, but it worked for me, and I've lived that way my whole life. But here we are in another challenge, and uh, it's the radio. It's, it's we're Now we're dealing with the, uh, podcasts, and we're also dealing with a new form of communication and consultation and mentoring through Zoom, that form of Skype. And, you know, it's the same thing. We've got to really engage and in a different way. It's a different kind of communication. So I hope today we do it. And I hope we come across a whole lot more human. And something that you'll hear something that ap ap appeals to what 
that longing, that need is that you have, um, that you've been looking answers, looking for answers, support, encouragement, uplifting, and some facts on how to deal with these things, um, and that you'll hang in there because this is a, an important kind of broadcast. It's certainly important to me because I've waited 48 years to finally be able to reach a, a, a lot more people. And now it's going to be all over the world. And there's needs all over the world that we know how to meet. And when we don't know how, we're going to find out. So we're in a growth mode ourselves with all of our experience. Um, we're uh, demonstrating to you that you never stop growing. In fact, the more you go through, the more you're going to grow and the more you're going to learn and uh, the more human you become, more humble, more connected with your fellow man. I like that. I really do. I don't like to be disconnected from the struggles of my fellow man. I wouldn't want to be behind a pulpit, removed from everyone, lecturing people. I want to be where the, where the action is. And um, I, want to, I, I want to come alongside others that need our help, um, our support, encouragement, mentoring, coaching, helping them recover. We have so many different skills. There are a lot of others that have great skills too. But this is our area. So I hope today that message will be communicated. I also want to say one thing. If any of you have questions or something to be said, I'd like you to get in touch with us. We have a, a website that you can go to. We really would like to hear from you so that we could engage with you. I was going to mention that because one of the things that's different for me uh, in this in this arena uh, is not only when we work with clients do we need to keep things very safe and grounded, you and I need to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. We need to be clear and uh, together on how we help people. Mm -hmm. And here in radio podcast land, uh, I am actually more called on to be the voice of the listener who is out there listening and what would be going through their mind? What questions would they ask? What would not be clear to them? What would, they, what would their contribution be if they were sitting here with you mm -hmm. and could ask you any yeah. question they wanted? Yeah. So for me, it's a different role because I'm not staying on the same page with you. I'm actually maybe going to be challenging or asking questions. I like that. I really do. I like because it makes me think and it, and it uh, makes me dig in a little bit. I like that. So I do also want to echo your request that I would appreciate feedback, questions. We would appreciate feedback mm -hmm. and questions too. And the information, uh, we'll give that during today's broadcast of how to get in touch with us. We do want to know. Uh, I would appreciate knowing what comes up for you listening to what we have to say what is not clear what uh, just you know what what do you want to know and, and how do we know. sound to you and how do we sound yeah, yeah i'd like to know that and also where are your needs what are you looking for mm -hmm. uh we want to make sure we can come alongside you and 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 be there for you yeah what are our hits what are our hits and what are our misses yes absolutely Absolutely. Yes. yes. So here we go. So here we go. And uh, today our topic is how to draw strength from stressful life events. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot going on here. We want to be practical, 
but we also want to talk about some major life principles. So we're going to range over a number of things, and if we don't get it all covered today, we'll continue it next time. Absolutely. So I'll just say a little bit about the title, again, How to Draw Strength from Stressful Life Events. And we do believe, you and I believe, it's possible for people to draw strength from major life events. Not easy, not simple, but possible. Uh, We can discover meaning in the things that happen to us. Mm -hmm. We can learn. We can find new truth. We can deepen our connections to the people around us. We can grow. But as I said, it's not simpler, and it may not be easy. Um, We want to get practical today and talk about that. So I would like to open it up for you, Peter, and uh, just in general, what is the first thing you'd like to, to bring to our audience today? Well, one of the things we ended our last broadcast on was hope. And what is it? You know, yeah. uh, we talked about some of, uh, I think hope is so central to all of these things that we are, that people face. It's, it's really an issue. It's an uh, to me. It's a really interesting and really important core of everything we do. It seems to get us energy to get through the difficulties. It seems to give us a motivation to find solutions to things and believe that there is a solution there out there somewhere. There's a truth to be found. Um, we know it deep down, even if at the time our situations, our crises, our our struggles are so overwhelming that it's hard to see at the time because we're so close to the battle um, where the hope is, what this vision for the future is, what are these positive hope, uh, good opportunities for the future, what are they? Well, it's, they're out there. You can't always see it though when you're going through things. You've just got to know it. Uh, You got to have a deeper sense from either your past experiences or mentoring that you've received from others, that there is hope, that things will improve, that they will get better. Now, that's a hard thing sometimes to, when you're going through something that a loved one has a medical diagnosis that's terminal, that no, there is no hope. It's just a matter of making them comfortable to, for the, toward, to, to get them to the end of their life. That's very important. And you look at it at face value and go, well, what hope is there? Yes. That person's not going to get better. What, and, and you need to say, what exactly are you hoping for in this situation? Mm-hmm. And what would that be? Well, if you look at the direct situation, you know that the medical diagnosis in the situation isn't good. What would be the hope? I think, to me, it's looking at each step along the way with a person. Uh, it's not looking at everything altogether and being so overwhelmed by negativity and despair. So it's looking at day by day, hour by hour types of things and taking that on as the, dict- as the situation dictates and meeting those needs. Um, it's, it's knowing that you can find things to be grateful for. Very little things. You can feel a sense of appreciation very deeply. You can move things along when the logistics of a situation looks pretty rough, taking care of someone who's ill or, and they're not getting better. 
but we can see little challenges, how to do it better, how to make them more comfortable, how to help them feel loved and appreciated uh, and valued as they're moving toward the end of their life. The situation is terminal, so they're not going to come out of it alive. So there's no hope for a cure. No hope for a cure. So you're, so the hope for a cure or hope that they're going to be cured is not realistic. No, but there's one part of it that goes also with hope, and that is there are situations that there are no solutions for and that we have to have the strength and the courage and the commitment to accept things sometimes as they are, knowing we're not going to change it, we're not going to make it improve, we're not going to move toward the cure. We're going to accept certain things we cannot change, and we're going to do the best we can with what we got in front of us. That's a very important attitude to have during these impossible crises and difficulties. There are other times the attitude isn't that. The attitude is, we're going to find the solution. We're going to find a way through this. There is a way. We're going to keep going until we find it. Based on our past experiences, that's what's happened. Uh, and if we can't find it now, we're going to keep looking for it until we do. That's also a very important attitude to have. Don't give up. Hang in there and, and pursue solutions. Look for... The, an the answers that don't aren't revealed right now and take it one step at a time, but don't give up. That's very important. Um, the hopeful attitudes, uh, it's an interesting thing. It's a, there is an optimism about them, but it's not this pie-in-the-sky type of optimism. It's not being a Pollyanna. Not being a Pollyanna. It's not, it's not making up fantasies uh, that aren't real. It has to do with being optimistic about life and the meaning of life and the purpose of what we're going through, and there is going to be meaning and purpose to all of this. And so there's an optimism, but there's also where we're, we're also looking at the situation realistically. We're also seeing the difficulties and facing them with it. So we're not running away, making up fantasies and pretending and not facing the realities. It's both. So this is a really important point, and I want to return to it. But first, you've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma, 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Before our break, Peter was making a very important point, and I cut him off and uh, because I, I didn't want to try to cover it really fast before our break. Uh, we were talking about hope, uh, the, the pie-in-the-sky Pollyanna version or the somewhat realistic practical version, and that's not a contradiction in terms to be realistic and practical in your hope? No, no. I think the realistic is definitely an important part of it. But being optimistic, too. Not letting the negativity of the situation just overwhelm you and put you in despair and depression and hopelessness. So there is an optimism that we need. 
You need that energy to get through all of this and to know that you're going to come out the other side. There's going to be things that are going to be discovered through all of this. Um, you know, we're not clergymen of any sort. So I'm, I'm careful here about uh, the spiritual aspects of this, but you can't deny it. I've dealt with trauma for a long time. As a, as a clinician, now as a mentor and coach, there is always a spiritual truth for people. It, it, it takes many different forms that comes out of this, or is it part of it? You can't deny it. And anyone that's been truly through traumatic events knows the truth of this because the situations are so overpowering and so powerful um, that we don't have control at the time, but we know something's in control and dictating the outcome, and it's not always us. Um, so there is a, there's a spiritual element to this. There's a truth to be found out there that we may not have at the time, but it's an eye-opener to pursue and keep, dis and keep the, the journey of discovery moving along. So how do we get out of our own way? I mean, if 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 you're uh, like if you and I are like most people listening, we have something in our head that we want to have happen. And very about the important things, we want them to happen very much. And we may have myopic vision. This is where I'm going. This is what I want to have happen. And what you were just saying to me gave me a different picture that there needed to be an openness to what might come, that there's something greater than us. Uh, if we're spiritual people, there's something greater than us that might be directing what's going on. How do we live with that? How do we live with the, I want this, this is important, I'm going for it, versus the, there's somebody else in charge? How do you live with that? We've got to accept one thing, that we all live with this fantasy of being in control, um, and uh, <laughs> and we all have it, so it's not just a few people. Um, and we live with that, that we, we're self-sufficient people, and we're, we're encouraged to be that, uh, and that we have a certain control over, over things. That's very nice. And what happens in trauma and difficulty and crisis, that's all blown out of the water. Because what you discover is you come to the end of yourself, and you don't have control. Something else is in control, whether it's a negative experience, a devastating experience, very painful or frightening. That's It's much stronger than we are. There's a couple of things. Uh, there's some reactions to that that are, you know, I want to make this, I don't want to make this sound like these are such high ideals to have that it almost is inhuman to grasp them and hold on to them. I want to be straightforward here. And what I find is, well, under circumstances, it's very human for anybody to fall back to their old lines of defense, uh, their old familiar reactions to difficulties, and try to use them to overcome and give them that control back. It doesn't work anymore. Uh, these situations make us change, whether we like it or not. And what also goes with it, and what can go with it, is a feeling of being depressed, being discouraged and despairing, helpless, hopeless. Uh, a victim. A victim, and feeling like we just go down this dark hole that just seems like a bottomless pit. It can happen 
to anybody because the emotions themselves that get triggered in all of this. Truthfully, that's a lot of times that's where we go. So we look at that and go, well, here's Peter talking about this very, very positive picture of how things would, could, should go. And yet that's not the way it always is for me. I've been through those situations and my best isn't what always comes out. I do feel depressed. I do feel grief. I do anticipate the losses. Uh, I do feel out of control and help, helpless to find an answer. Uh, I do feel sad, emotional, angry, and frustrated. All of those things are normal. Mm -hmm. the, tr the, the most important part of that, though, is to have a bigger perspective and know your emotions are not going to lead you to the truth, but they're very much a human part of our lives. So can I bring up an example of someone we were working with recently? Mm -hmm. I think this applies. We were working with someone who had been uh, really uh, job searching and uh, had been able to earn some money in a way that uh, kept him on the road for months at a time. Mm -hmm and wanted to be closer to home to uh, sustain a good relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, he went online, all the job boards, and found a posting for what would have been a dream job for him. It involved music and um, actually uh, constructing musical instruments, constructing guitars, mm -hmm. and that the company had a, an approach and a philosophy that matched this person, this man's goals. Yeah. It was right here in town. Mm -hmm. he, he got help to put together a resume and an application letter. He put much effort and time into it. He sent it in. He didn't hear anything from them. And when encouraged to call and follow up, he froze. He couldn't keep going. So he had hope at first that this job was what he was looking for. It sure looked like it. It would have been what he thought was perfect. He got only so far, and then he could not keep going. He lost hope in whether this would ever work out for him. Is that? Can you go through that one for us? Yeah. I, I, I know the situation you're talking about. We've seen a lot of them. Uh, but I think there's more to it than that. When people go back to that old freeze response yeah the old behaviors you're talking about okay that that's a form of fearfulness and also discouragement yeah. and a lack of confidence and competence so instead of being strengthened through this guy's had, had met many difficulties he was a marine at one time and uh, he he'd been through a lot he hadn't healed enough from his earlier experiences that they didn't get a grip on him and when those came up the old emotional reactions came with it. So it affected how he responded in the present. So he, be, he did go to a freeze response. He did get discouraged and overwhelmed and despairing. And he did give up. Did I think he was capable? I know he was. Yes. Good man. I also know that he didn't have a lot of self-confidence. And when his emotions triggered off... They took him over, and he would follow those instead. And we always told him that is not a normal felt state. That's an emotion. That's emotional pain. That's the things you've been through. That's your wounded parts of yourself. And yes, you're holding them inside, and we'll help you with those to recover. But you can't just you let, allow those to stop you, to take over. Because if they do, it won't fit the present at all and you'll fall back to some place in your past or something in your past, 
And that's where you're going to stay stuck. And all of a sudden, you're going to be very ineffective. He did stop himself. And um, the, so the, 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 the reality of life for him and for a lot of people is, hey, we do get rejections. And it's not, there's a lot of things in life that, well, we can build all the hope we want, but let's stay realistic too. And some of the difficulty may be he may have been the best candidate, but there may be 50 other candidates that are as good, if not better. And he's up against that, too. You don't quit. If you don't get that job, you keep going. Um, a lot of people who have been overwhelmed or wounded can't seem to handle that reality. For those that have been through a lot and recovered, what they really know is, hey, if I don't get this, there's going to be something out there for me as long as I keep going and not let this stop me or push me back into old petrified reactions that just... I go cold. It's a self-awareness, for sure. It's an understanding that we have to make some new choices. Um, that's that's something that you can. Sometimes we can't do. We need other people to help us. With I was that. just going to say sometimes, uh, as with, uh, I mean, mm -hmm. he he was working with us. He got mm -hmm. our support and encouragement. Other people listening may say, "Boy, you know, I've shot myself in the foot sometimes. I have have not been able to follow through on things that were important." Mm -hmm. Uh, what could I have done differently? And what next time this happens to me, or if it's happening right now, what can I do differently? I'm hearing you saying a number of things, including getting some support and help. And how, that really, how often can people really do that? As much as they need to. People that have been through a lot um, don't come out of it thinking they're just invincible. In fact, what they learn is when they need help, reach out for it. Don't be embarrassed or ashamed. I think one of the reactions that a lot of us have, and I happen to be, uh, part, this is one of mine, and that is we feel that during difficulties, and I know I had to do this to survive in the past, you have to be almost invincible, invulnerable. You have to be self-sufficient and capable on your own to make something happen, to be strong. And it may be just the opposite of what's called for in the present, which is facing, number one, are we vulnerable? We've reached the end of ourselves and what we're capable of, and that there's counsel and that there's support out there in some way that can help us get through this, but we need to reach out for it and be open for it. We need to admit our fears. We need to find a way to express our pent-up emotions that are getting in the way, we, in a healthy way. Uh, we need other people to help us through it. We need mentoring, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you have old defenses like I do, or like a lot of uh, Marines and SEALs do, we're supposed to do it on our own and just stay within our own little team. Well, that's nice, but we may need to go a lot farther. So it's accepting that our old defenses of invulnerability and super capability and strong man attitudes or strong woman attitudes or that's what's going to carry us through. Well, it may have in the past, but that is not always the best approach in the present. The best approach is to evaluate where we are now. And if we're, we're at the end of our own rope and we know that we know ourselves well enough to go, I'm far beyond my own capabilities at this point. I need support and help. Now, that can take a very logistical kind of thing, it could be family. It could be relationships. It could be supportive groups. And I don't mean therapy groups. I mean 
communities. Families. Families are very, very important. So you look at all of that and you go, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're human. And these situations do strip us and do break us. But that's not the worst thing in the world. I remember I had an interesting experience recently. Can we continue this after a break? I guess. Can you hold that thought? Are we having a break or We're having a break. Man, I got to report this. So no, hold, the, hold that thought. Hold Go that ahead. thought. Go All right. Ahead. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We will be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson, and I asked Peter to hold that thought, and uh, he has. Uh, so I'm going to uh, say, please, uh, carry on. Uh, carry on. Give me the last part of what we were talking about. <laughs> we were talking about uh, how, how the reality is that there are times when we are not invincible and uh, mm -hmm. in control, and we may need some help and support from the people around us. Yeah, and we have to make sure, we have to be keenly aware of ourselves. Uh, we got to know ourselves well enough, uh, not just the good stuff, but the stuff that we can fall into, that sometimes we need to take a corrective action. We need to make a different choice. It's, it's too easy for people who have been through a lot of trauma and that haven't healed from it to tumble into a darkness and despair and discouragement and a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness. We have to be aware that if you have that in you, you can't afford to go there. You have to make a direct choice not to let that happen. And when you feel that taking you over, you need, you need to shift into the present and deal with the situation that's in front of you. If you can't do it yourself, then seek support in your community your groups, your family, your relationships. It's okay. You need it. And all of a sudden, you'll get some perspective again. Now, it's not the total answer. I'm not saying that. But it could be enough to just give you enough information on yourself and the situation to give you one of those aha moments to get, ah, oh, I didn't see that. Now I, there is some hope here. There's a glimmer of something here. Now, the situation is dire and dark, and yet... There's some challenges here that I can deal with. There's some things here that I can face and do something about and feel more effective. That's what we need sometimes, a shift. And it's okay if you can't do it yourself. It's okay. Let other people help you. All you have to do is reach out. Can you think of an example of that? I can think of lots of examples oh, of that. Oh, good. I want to hear one. Yeah. Uh, well... You know, it's interesting, uh, a couple of them. One of them is, uh, I, I was at a, a church, and our pastor's a really good guy. He used to be the chief of police, actually, here in Petaluma. Uh, he's had a change of life, obviously. And uh, he's a wonderful pastor. He's a good man. And I like it because he's got a, a different background he's coming from. And I like that. He's down to earth. But we were talking, he was doing a, a, a talk on uh, brokenness. And, of course, it's... He's Christian, so it's biblical. And in the Bible, it talks about God loves the broken. Yeah, and what did he mean by that, by broken? He meant 
people who have come to a place within themselves where there is no more self-sufficiency to get in the way. There is no self-strength anymore. The situation itself is so persistent and difficult and impossible or overwhelming that we've reached the end of our defenses. We've reached the end of our own personal capabilities. And then we're stripped. When we're stripped, that's when we begin to find something called humility. It's the opposite of pride. It's the opposite of self, self. And all of a sudden we become so much more human. Now for a fellow like me, to hear that I'm broken, I got two reactions. Anyway, he come to me afterwards and, and, and he knows I'm dealing with some very difficult things in my personal life with my wife. And people at the church watch how I take care of her and how I love her and see the situation. And he came over afterwards. He meant this in the completely supportive way. He says, you are really a broken man now. My first reaction was, what's he talking about? My old New Jersey self came out and go, inside and go, I'm not broken. I can handle it. I hear the Newark in Yeah, there. definitely. And it came out. This, I could hear it in my head going, hey, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I can handle it. Forget about it. Well, all of a sudden I realized... <laughs> that wasn't the present. That was my past. And he meant it in the most loving, acknowledging, positive way. Because he knows that other side of me, and which he says is really falling away on. I think that's a good thing. Anyway, he's basically said it in his own way, but he's basically saying that old Newark side of you is really finally falling away, and you're so much more human and so much more real and compassionate and humble and open to support and love and help. And your situation is a difficult one, and yet you're doing so well. That was the present, and it was said in such an enriching, encouraging, supportive way. But it took me a shift almost instantly to get a grip on myself because my first reaction was my old defensive re That was my armor. And it didn't fit anymore. So um, it's almost like we got to know ourselves. You got to know who you are. You got to know that things now may be very different. And it's okay to be broken and strapped and I, humble. I would even add that if you got to get to that realization of being broken or no longer being totally self-sufficient, you could tip very easily into despair and discouragement. The difference would be, is this is true, having some hope. Well, that's the, that's the interesting thing. I don't think you have to tip into despair and hopelessness and, and, and uh, helplessness at all. It's the change of attitude and perspective that, and mindset that we need that goes with the present, not to go down that dark, dark road because it's so it's hard to come back from that road and yet we've all been down it and then you got to pick yourself up and pull yourself out of it and turn things around that so makes the battle even harder it's a learning process that's for sure but no you don't have to go there you could look at it in a new way and go wait a minute brokenness means what now it means you're more humble you're more honest you're more genuine you're more on a healing journey even though it's very difficult right now, 
you're more loving, you're more caring, you're more accessible, you're certainly more compassionate towards your fellow man. Um, you don't hide your tough moments and difficult moments as much as you used to. I still need my own time to be emotional, and I am. But I like to be in places where that's respected. And uh, I think of the place where I keep my cutting horses. And uh, there are times when I miss my wife because we've did so many horse activity things together. And there are times that I go there and I become, the emotion just takes me over of, of grief and sadness. And the place has such nice people, they just leave me alone. They let Peter, he's a, he works with people all day, he helps people day and night, his wife is sick, and yet they know I need my own time. And if I have to just sit there and have a cry or just be quiet and alone with my pain, they give it to me. There's a respect for the brokenness. I don't have to really truly hide it, but I do need some space for myself to go through it. And I give myself that permission. In fact, it's a must. It's a must to the process. I know it's not the total picture because I go there and then I come through it. And what I come back to is strength and hope and ability to face whatever's the next challenge and to go through it well. And that always surprises me that I can go to that place emotionally, that I have to to purge and allow myself to feel broken and human and heartfelt and know that if you let yourself go through it, you're going to come out the other side and you're going to feel better, you're going to see things differently, you're going to be able to face the challenges more effectively, uh, and you're not going to feel discouraged. You're going to feel challenged and creative and spontaneous and you're gonna look for answers and solutions. Even if they're short term, it still means a lot. You're also gonna appreciate and be grateful for the sweet moments you do have. I know that I have that. I have a greater appreciation now than I've, I think I've ever had in my life. But I know that we've helped a lot of people. The beauty of this time in my life is, in these broadcasts, is I'm just as human as anybody else. I can't behind, hide behind my strongman professional educational roles anymore, and I don't want to. I want to be close to my fellow man. I really do. Uh, I like that better. I like them to, you're right, I, I don't want them to just call me Dr. Bernstein, although some of the people feel better. I don't. I want them to see me as Peter and to... They don't have to feel sorry for me every minute for what the, for what I have to deal with now. But it's interesting. Wherever I go, people just are so kind and loving. And there's a fellowship in the community that I have. I don't walk around high and mighty and being the smart guy on some kind of professional throne. I'm just as human. And the love and support and sweetness and the hugs and the... Just to be part of a community is very important, and I, I really like that. So these are healing opportunities that we all need. I'm showing you what will lead to healing. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm also telling you, if you take the wrong road, it leads to just the opposite. So if you go to those old defenses and those old armorings and all of that stuff, and that doesn't lead to healing. That leads to trouble and difficulty and uh you're not going to get better or be more resilient, and you're probably not going to be as effective either for others. So, Let me pick up on that last one. 
the not being so effective for others. Mm-hmm. Um, my just kind of uh, a sense of someone who's lost hope is that they're very self-absorbed. They're mm-hmm. very um, closed in and in pain and uh, consumed with, they can be, correct me if I'm wrong, very consumed with what's going on. Sometimes, you know, you feel compassion for someone who's in a situation that they're like that. But on the other hand, they can be very closed off. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the other hand, people who are able to put together some hope, some moving forward, can be there for other people, can reach out. Uh, can support each other. It's like the the whole thing about families who go through a crisis. Some of them blow apart. They can't mm-hmm. reach out, and others pull together. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that is that a fair is that a fair assessment that that when you lose hope, you you can become very self absorbed? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Yes, that's only one part, one kind of picture, though. There are people that absolutely that happens with. And they become a burden instead of a help to themselves and to others. That's true. Um, There's also times that anybody needs some time to be self-absorbed and to take some time for themselves to to come to grips with what they're going through. Absolutely. But if they stay there, it's it's an indulgence that cuts off everything else and every other possibility, and they become very self-centered. No, that's not the good road. The better road is, yes, we all need our moments. You've got to have those respites. I mean, if it involves some time to feel sorry for yourself, put a little specific time to it. I'm going to feel sorry for myself for one hour. And I'm going to deal with all any kind of emotion, any kind of feeling, any kind of pity party, and then stop it and get on with it because there's so much opportunity to come alongside others that are indeed and you have that experience deep within yourself to really understand with empathy and compassion, not just go through the motions, you get it. And in such a human way that you can come alongside others and help them. That's really important. And it's also very healing to do that. Now there's a there's some condition to that because I've seen people use that as an escape too so they don't have to face or deal with their own difficulties. I've seen that too. We're not talking about that one. I'm talking about taking a short-term break to feel sorry for yourself, not to wallow in it. Not to wallow in it. Not to escape. Or the opposite is to escape into helping so many others so you don't have to look Oh, I'm following you now. Yeah, so you don't have to look at your own issues because they're too painful or too overwhelming. It's a form of despair. And it's a form of feeling helpless so you're going to go someplace with someone where you can make a difference where you can feel like you're making a difference and you could be helpful but the truth of the matter is, is you're using it as an escape that's not a good thing to do okay let's return to that okay. let's return to that um, you've been listening to the survivor's guide to life on kpca petaluma 103.3 fm we'll be back after a short break Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. And before our break, we were talking about two ways people can really go down behind 
behind being uh, losing hope, feeling despairing. One way is to just kind of uh, collapse into themselves, uh, feel sorry for themselves, feel self-absorbed. And Peter, just before our break, was describing another way that people can kind of respond or react to that situation by instead of falling into themselves, they suddenly are focused on everyone else and maybe keeping them happy or taking care of them and making sure that everything's okay out there and refusing to kind of look at and deal with themselves. Is that an accurate, have I, have I yeah. summarized that? Yeah, that's another dimension. See, like we're not talking about black and white here. We're, not, we're talking about human beings. And there's a lot of different dimensions to this thing that you got to be sensitive to. I could say my 48 years helping people, hundreds of thousands of hours of helping them, has given me a, a bit of experience and wisdom to see the many different variations on this thing and how to put them back on a corrective course persistently some people can't stay on it for very long okay so my job is to help them get back to it my job is to help them see a more positive vision for their future and help them get there help them to stop shooting themselves in the foot or help it from sabotaging themselves or going down the wrong road lots of people do it i mean it's again it's human we're talking about the imperfect being but we're also talking about persevering, hanging in there. Don't give up. You know, if you get if you have setbacks, well, you know, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and get back on track. That's my attitude. That's what I call a real champion. Champions aren't the people who have such a natural ability. They just thrive doing all kinds of things, and they seem to be masterful at everything. Oh, no. Those aren't the champions. The champions are the people that do get knocked down. The, chant, the people who have, have lost so much, the people that have become so much more stripped and human. I look at those people and those the ones that every day pick themselves up again to find the resources to meet the challenges of each day as it presents itself, no matter how difficult it is. That's hope. That's hope in a practical sense. And there are many people that have to do it. Um, I think there's a, a lot of uh, religious and spiritual, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, models that emulate this uh, as a very good thing. You'd be like our heroes in some they're, ways. They're more than our heroes. They're the, the symbol of true humanity, the real strength of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the people that identify with the broken and the pain and actually see strength that can come out of it and resilience and purpose and meaning and they're deeper kind of people these are they are there are a lot of religious figures buddha jesus uh so many i can't i'm not a religious expert on all the religions but the truth is that's what we look to and go now what is it that they are telling us and showing us I told you I went to church and they talk about God loves the broken. All right? My reaction was, well, heck no, man. I'm not broken. I'm a tough guy. I can handle it. That's not the God thing. That's the Peter Pride thing off of, out of Newark, New Jersey. That's different. And when I look at it now, I go, well, what is really meaningful and valuable and important to people for people to remember? And that is it's okay to be human. It's okay to be imperfect and 
when you fall or you drop into a dark place, okay, it happens. Now pick yourself up. Dust yourself off and go meet the challenges again. Do not give up. Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith and trust. Move forward. That's what's so important. That's the energizing that comes from hope. I do want to ask you about that because we've talked about that a couple of times, and I don't want it to be a mystery. Uh, we're talking about how to get energy from hope. Well, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. How does that happen? Well, one, I mean, how does that happen? Yeah, how does that happen? Well, I mean, one is so progressive. I mean, having hope is like moving you in a positive direction and moving you forward. And it's not going down the dark holes of the despair and depression and anger and frustration that saps your energies and takes it away. Um, it's the opposite. It's the kind that brings you out of that hole, keeps you out of that hole, and keeps you moving forward. There's going to be something out there that's better for me, even though this is a really hard time. I'm in a lot of pain. Our situation is critical. There's going to be, we're going to get out of this. There's going to be something better for me. That energy is forward moving and it's positive. So I'm sitting here mm -hmm. and I'm a listener listening and I'm faced with something that is overwhelming me and I am believing you. I need hope and I can't get there. I need that energy. I'm sitting here, truly, I'm open. How do I get started? <laughs> Okay, it's a good question, and it's a, a very human dilemma because in the process of dealing with difficult situations, we're going to have emotional times when we're not going to feel too good. We're going to be overwhelmed. Our energy seems to be drained. We're depressed and sad. That's human. That's human. We have to accept that. But... At that time, it may seem inaccessible to us to have some hope. It just seems to be, how do I get there? I don't know where it is. And right now, I just don't feel very hopeful. That, you know what I say to that? It's okay. You will. Just hang in there. Don't give up. There's always hope. Sometimes it needs to become, come from external sources, people that we trust, people that we love, people that have been through this themselves that understand. we got to know from our own past experiences that we've come through that we have a confidence and a competence that there is going to be good that comes out of this and meaningfulness. Well, that produces an energy. That produces something better. But it doesn't negate the difficult challenges on the, along the way. I want to bring up one thing that you've mentioned and I know is true for me too, is that when I am feeling overwhelmed uh, we're with this person listening who is sitting not knowing how to get started, um, and you have said this, one step at a time. It is one step Sometimes at a time. my overwhelm and hopelessness are because I'm looking out there somewhere and I can't get there, have no idea how to get there, but I do maybe know what one step is, and I could do that. That's what you need to do. It, it really, the key to all of this is taking it one step at a time, one day at a time. The real downfall is people that, that can think they're doing planning. What they're really doing is worrying and scaring themselves and anticipating the worst 
and scaring the heck out of themselves. That is such an energy drain. Of uh, It's just the anxiety from alone uh, just drains energy from you that you need. So we are, it is taking one day at a time. And when the crises are really intense, it's one hour at a time. Just getting through one step at a time and meeting the need of that one step and letting it draw us in because we've got to find a way through that. But not getting so far ahead of ourselves that we are overwhelmed by certain, a lot of responsibilities, a lot of burdens that we just can't find a way through. That's really important. Um, uh, there was one other point that I was thinking about that uh, that goes with this. Ah, it slipped my mind. Ah, there's a thing called post-traumatic stress. I don't call it disorder. Um, and one of the the symptoms of that, and I don't want to sound clinical. I know this says, but it's it's also very human is to come out of it because you've been through so much and always expecting the worst to happen. Seeing negative possibilities and danger wherever you look. Not based on the present, based on what you went through in the past. When people do that, they're scared. They're worried. They're anticipating so much and they're just draining their life out of them. And their whole outlook on life is negative. That's an energy drain. The key really, number one, is to have some people help you through that and mentor you through it and guide you through it uh, who understand what it's like, help your, help that nervous system diffuse those old memories uh, and help it recover. But more than that, it's you want to preserve your energy, and that's not the way to do it. So instead of anticipating the worst all the time and scaring yourself and getting depressed and uh, self-deprecating it's more important to, to to shorten your steps to shorten your perspective and just figure all you really know how to do and all you truly can do anyway is deal with one day at a time everything else if you really think about it is an illusion it's not true you can deal with one day at a time that's what you're truly capable of and sometimes it's less but when you start getting way ahead of yourself you're looking at a need to control a need to uh, assure the outcomes and all of it. it's not true there are no guarantees about this so all you can do is deal with it with what's in front of you base your expectations on that reality see what you can do to help those along uh, as we said earlier you may not be able to help that person find a cure for what they're going through they're going to die eventually but what you can do is make their life more comfortable meet the needs that they have as they present themselves today. That kind of thing makes you feel better. And it's very fulfilling. That gives you energy to go on because you've made a difference. One action and one day and one step at a time. That, you, you may think you're only giving. Not in that way because you'll be fulfilled and receiving the whole time. Not in a selfish way and a very unselfish way. I think if I'm at all tuning into who would be listening, I think that they may have just had an aha. I think most people have had an experience where they made a difference in someone else's life or in the world, in their world, and that that was an energizing mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. And that does have everything to do with hope mm -hmm. and with staying in the present, with having some optimism, with uh 
even uh, having and providing support, all of the points we've made today, um, making a difference energizes us. It's part of having hope and part of, as we talked about from the beginning, how to draw strength from stressful life events. This is such a huge topic, and we've covered a lot of points. Um, I, I would like to maybe leave it open that we might come back and revisit some of this next week. Absolutely. It's a uh, we might start with a, just kind of a summary of, of the points that we've made today so that we can refresh people mm-hmm. uh, in their mind what we've done and uh, maybe give a little fuller uh, talk about it a little bit more. Absolutely. Are you open to that? Yeah, I like the idea. I like it. I love the subject. I really do. And I know it's going to help a lot of people. It's a pleasure for me to just talk about it and reach so many more people. So I'm hoping this hit the mark for some of you and for others. Please, get in touch with us. Yes, let me give people the information on how to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'll just say that you've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. And again, I'm Jenny Stevenson. If you'd like to know more about our show or about Dr. Bernstein, please visit our website at the Survivor's Guide to Life. That's the Survivor's Guide to Life.com. I forgot the dot com on the first one. Thank you for listening. Please join us next time. We will continue on this really important topic. And thank you for joining us.